Sunday pour. We are back Monday night. Little uh, West Coast baseball on as the backdrop. Yanks are up two nothing right now in Anaheim. Um, I don't know. We've got about uh, by the time people are listening to this, twenty four hours left of August. September Sorry. approaching. Labor Day weekend. Fancy football drafts. Football in general. Full steam ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready for fantasy football this year. If I'm being honest with you, it's kind of – it didn't really even sneak up on me. Like, I've seen it in the distance for some time now, but uh, just not prepared in any kind of way as as a um, commissioner of the league and as a player. I am not prepared at all. It's like riding a bike. I'm never ready as a player. Commissioner, I'm locked in. Player, I mean, you kind of just, like, fall into it. What yeah. are you going to do, study? Do I need to quote Artie Lang from Bear League? What practice is for? You just show up. <laughs> I got to have a little bit of knowledge because I'll, I'll fuck it up if I don't. I, not, not that I'm like locked into sheets and websites and stuff like that, but I, uh, I, I got to have a little bit of research so I don't look like a complete fool. Not that I ever, not that it ever works, but. I gotta know. So you do like a you do a computer draft and you do an in person draft, right? I have two compute two computer drafts and one in person draft. Yeah. The in person one's first, right? Not this year. No, this year I'll have it's sandwiched in between the two computer drafts. Oh, okay. Because I use the in person draft as like a uh, like practice for my computer draft. That's a practice. It should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Probably should be, but <laughs> the in-person draft comes first, so I kind of just use that as practice to prepare for the computer I, draft. I, fuck, I fucking hate the computer drafts. They're, they're so lousy. The, the, the timers are up there. You got a minute 15 or whatever, or 45 seconds or 10 seconds. I didn't fucking know. It's just, it's just annoying. Yeah, but it keeps it moving. They need a timer. Yeah, I know. I just don't like them. General. A life without a draft without a timer. I gotta Team find a way. Draft. I gotta find a way out of a league. I gotta find a way to back out of a league. I hope people start quitting that other league so I can be like, oh well, let's, I'll quit too, so I can just make it an even number of leagues. Yeah, I was out drinking. I was out drinking. Uh, I was out drinking Saturday with some people, and this uh, other fantasy baseball league that I'm in, they wanted to run it back, like in football too. Yeah, yeah. And I just they didn't even they didn't even really like broach it to me like they know like two is my limit and i was just like i'm out i pass can't do it i don't i just don't yeah you know I, I have my leagues and that's yeah, it yeah yeah that's it i'm, I'm taking like, like a lifestyle change man like i take you can't a, teach an old dog new tricks man like i i have the leagues i'm in it has nice rich history to it and that's yeah. it can't yeah. start over yeah less leagues not more that's my motto i need to, i need to start getting out of leagues i'm in three i wouldn't mind being in just one but two, but two is is what it's going to be. Two is fine, but three is too many. If one, if one of my leagues broke up, I wouldn't be looking for uh, another league. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose a second of sleep. <laughs> fucking, sounds, fucking fantasy. It sounds so. It sounds so uh, depressing and uh, awful. <laughs> like we're forced to be in these leagues. I think we just wow. had this conversation, but do you think because it's so popular now and it's so like oversaturated fantasy sports that it's taken a little bit of joy out of it for you? Uh, 
I don't know what took the joy out of it for me, to be honest with you, because I used to be Mr. Fantasy. I loved being in these fucking leagues. I was a rah-rah kind of guy for the leagues. Like, the ba- like I'm never quitting baseball. Like baseball, to me, is what fantasy is all about. It's every day you're locked in, uh, and baseball is my favorite sport. So I'm like, like, I'm happy to be in a baseball league. That doesn't bother me. But the football one, it's just – like, I love football, and I'm locked in for the full season. But it's, it's – uh, I don't know. It just feels like it feels like work more than anything. Baseball feels like a hobby. Football feels like work. I don't know why. Okay, football work, baseball hobby. I, I don't know. It's why. actually it should why. be the other way around because baseball requires so much more work than football. But I, but I enjoy it though. I enjoy crunching the numbers of baseball. I don't know. Like I enjoy football. I don't know. I enjoy football too. But it's, it's lost its luster over the over the years. I mean, I'm not going anywhere either. That's the other thing. Like it's not like I'm just going to disappear from these leagues either. But yeah, I don't know. The joy is the joy isn't what it used to be. I have no idea what it is though. I don't know. And maybe 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 in a couple weeks I'll be singing a different tune. You know, my team starts off three and zero or something. <laughs> the only thing, much- yeah, the only thing, yeah, the only thing keeping me in the leagues is the uh, just the tradition and the the history of the league. That's really it's not so much the the sport. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. That's really it. That's all. I, I can't even really add on to that. That's what it is. But without without fantasy, I would still be watching every possible football game I could watch from Thursday to Monday. Right, but then you right. So would I. But then you miss like the uh, like little rivalries you have with people in your league. The the history. You know, yeah. this person's got no championships, and you know this person's trying to go back to back. That's good. Like we just end the leagues, and then those people still don't have championships. I guess I could talk to them about it forever. Like, look, we had that league for twenty years. You didn't fucking win once. I know, but it gets better each year when you don't (laughs) win, though. It gets better and better. (laughs) I guess that's something. All right, maybe I'm back in. (laughs) That's really it. That's all. That's all there is. Because I have no desire to play the daily fantasy. I have no desire to do any of that. Like people come up to me with. You know, who should I start for daily fantasy? I don't give a fuck. I could get, I could give like, a wait, shit. Wait a second. Do you get a lot of those questions? A lot of people come up to you asking who they should start in daily fantasy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People off the street just coming up to you asking? Well, it's more, it's more people <laughs> I know. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I, the, so the actual sport, I guess, isn't really what's, what's the attraction anymore. It used to be the, the sport, the game, I should say. It's not really a sport. The game, yeah, used to be about the game. Yeah, now it's it's a whole other, it's a whole other bag of bag of tricks. It's you know, just shit talking and it's really, it's the draft. Yeah. The draft is like more fun than like ninety percent of the what dr- happens the rest of the way. That's yeah. See the live draft. That's that's what kind of gets me going. I love the live drafts. That's fun. Uh, you get you get me with the room full, you know, the room full of the league members and the boards up, and that's fun for me. I don't know. That's may, maybe yeah. And then it's know. it's all downhill after that. Yeah, it's not really as fun after that. Well, I feel I think I like the live dress more because everybody's like on even ground. Like you don't know, like, pe- people got thousand tabs open as they're uh, doing their computer drafts. You know what I mean? Right. The computer does the work for you. Yeah. You have all the rankings in front of you, and even if you like, you lose power. It's still going to pick you the best available player. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Geez, but I, I still, yeah, it's just surprising because, like I said, I was like, 
I was just so gung ho for all these leagues. It wasn't that long ago. And I think I still am, like, for the league we're in. Like, I'll get going. I'll get, my juices will get flowing, you know, this week as we get towards the live draft. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But will it be for the draft or will it be for the actual? Well, it's for the draft. Because when, you when, you, when you're there with all your guys and uh, you're watching them pick the teams and you just want to, like, tear them all down, be like, your team fucking sucks, man. That's the, that's where the rivalry part kicks in. Yeah. And you get to watch, and you kind of watch as, just for example, like you can watch the recliners season just disappear on September 3rd. And that's, there's nothing I take more pleasure in than that. And just be like, that team, that team has no chance of going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Being, that is fun, I guess. And being right about it, nothing better. <laughs> I mean, right, we, yeah. you, could say, you could say that for nine teams <laughs> most of the time. But, yeah, it's fucking hard. You know, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Like, I stopped, yeah, I stopped putting much effort into, like, the drafting part. Like, yeah, I'll make it up. I'll, do my, I'll start my homework tomorrow. <laughs> Wait at the waiver wire. Yeah, exactly. I'll let the waiver wire do the work for me. Well, I think the football draft is more important than any other draft, than baseball draft. Because baseball, I figure you can make up a lot. Trades. It's, every, it's every day, and it's, like, pitching matchups and shit. Football, if you don't have like the right guys in your running back slot for the season, you're like you can't, you're not going to find a running back. You got oh, yeah. you got to get real lucky and have like uh, have, you know some backup. You know, some somebody get hurt and you happen to have the backup and he end up ends up having like a monster season. You got real lucky to make that up, and that's not really a good way to set your team up at all. To get you know because luck. You have to get lucky. It's, it's easier to get lucky with a bunch of good players than it is to get lucky with a bunch of, you know, crapshoots. Who's, who's going to be the degenerate piece of garbage that drafts Deshaun Watson? <laughs> uh, somebody's going to take him as a backup. Easy. Take a backup? I don't think they'll pick. Because is there a question if he's going to play it or not? Well, is he going to get traded for it, you think? Oh, yeah. Is he going to go to Miami? It's possible. So the Dolphins will be the generous scumbags that pick him up. It's, yeah, it's tough because I'm, I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fanboy, but this is probably the wrong time to uh, trade him, <laughs> trade for him. Well, if he get Or is it? Maybe it's the perfect time. Yeah, value is low. I have a feeling the Texans are, are kind of floating those rumors out there. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take a chance on him? I don't understand because there's a chance he doesn't play again. Like, don't all these other teams hold all the cards? Like, Houston has no cards. Yeah. Watson hates it there. He wants out. He's got, like, 25 accusers. Yeah, like, what good, so. cards do the Texans hold exactly? <laughs> that makes me think that they're the ones floating all these rumors. Yeah. It's, that sounds about right. And then again, like, if Tua throws two picks, game number one against the Pats, I'll probably be like, just bring the rapist in. Bring him in. <laughs> we, we, need, we need an arm. <laughs> I don't so, know. Uh, you got to, like, let Tua kind of blossom a little bit. He's still too young to – you can't give up on him after a game. Well, in a perfect uh, – well, see, this, this is the thing, though. And I'll use baseball terminology here. 
All right. Tua is still a prospect. Watson is a proven commodity. Right. You think Dolphins are win now? I mean, they have the team around. Um, yeah, the I mean, they have the coach, it looks like. Yeah, they have a team that you want to – you feel like they need a quarterback to kind of put them over the edge, make them a contender. You need the quarterback, it's, you know. It's the dirty. It's the dirtiest little uh, less kept secret in the sport. You need a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Draft picks aside, you would take them in your current situation with your quarterback. <laughs> Put all the sexual assault accusations aside. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Then yeah, for sure. Right. That's that's the thing. Like, and I and I feel like when these guys, like these athletes, are faced with these, you know accusations like more times than not the right people get paid off and it kind of goes away <laughs> but as far as fantasy goes though oh fantasy would you take him you wouldn't want him as your starter going into week one no probably not because even if the legal stuff gets wrapped up and there's a bow put on it <laughs> Texas. Uh, right well that and can't the nfl come down and suspend them Oh, yeah, they could definitely do something. That's what they did with uh, Ray Rice, right? Oh, yeah, because the video surfaced. Well, that, yeah, that was pretty damn good video. They really, didn't have a, they really didn't have a choice yeah. there. No, but, I mean, there's just an example of when they did it. I think they could make that decision any time. Yeah. Any, any new information comes to light. It's really been kind of a quiet story to the Deshaun Watson thing all summer. I think Bauer took him off the hook. It was baseball season, and there was a whole group of – well, not a group. There was one guy, like, who almost took the mantle for an athlete scumbag, and Bauer just took it and ran with it. Yeah, and everybody was very excited that it was Bauer. Right, he was Bauer. already hated, whereas Watson was kind of liked around yeah. the league. I, I love Watson. I've always liked him. So it was like kind of out of nowhere for him. With Bauer, it was like, yeah, I mean, no one fucking like his teammates hated him. Yep. His own teammates were like, yeah, we don't really want him back, anyways. Yeah. They're like, forget about innocent until proven guilty. Like, we never really liked that guy. <laughs> He's innocent. Just fuck him. <laughs> uh, your shit, Trevor. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he's like the epitome of a Trevor. Yeah. Probably, like, wasn't really popular as a kid. I'm sure he was not. I'm sure he had his group of fucking just trashy friends. His group of Trevors. Oh, yeah, a bunch of treasures. Tre- oh, a bunch of treasures. <laughs> oh, they're treasures. <laughs> a bunch of treasured Trevors. Oh, man. So... Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll maybe we'll get uh, maybe we'll pick him early. Maybe maybe that's a steal in like the fifth round or the sixth round. Well, I mean, yeah. If he gets traded to a good team, I haven't heard anyone besides Miami. I've heard maybe the Eagles. Is that possible? Eagles have hurt hurts right hurts Minshew and Flacco. Oh, that's right. They just traded for Minshew. Yeah. Would that's going to be a quarterback controversy. The fans are going to want Minshew. I mean, you can't. If you, I know Philly fans. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're not going anywhere if you're starting Gardner Minshew. As much as we love the guy, you're not going anywhere. No, no. Gardner Minshew is like a perfect backup quarterback. Or third, like, like see, third string? Or is, that, is Flacco just not going to last there? 
No, Flacco's got to be done, though. I, I would think so. I thought, he's, I thought he's been done. He has been done. I mean, he didn't do anything in Denver. Yeah, Flacco's done. Yeah. I was looking at point spreads today, too, for week one. Oh, way way too early. Good. That's got to feel good, though. It did feel good. I mean, I've been peeking at them all offseason, but this was the first time I really wanted to see, like, where the money was going. And I mean, it's – we're what? I mean, the Cowboys-Bucks game is a week from Thursday, so we're, like, less than two weeks now from real football. It was time to kind of, you know, take more than a peek at the spreads. That's it. Yeah, this you got. I, I did not look over unders because I I know that show's coming up. I I guess we have to start looking at those. But, um, but yeah, it's good. It's good to look at some uh, football spreads. I can't look at another baseball spread. I'm tired of baseball. Are we gonna do over unders on Labor Day? Or are we gonna do over unders on Thursday night for opening night? Uh, well, I think we need to do. I'm I'm. Well, I may as well have the production meeting mid-show since I don't yeah. really have much to talk about. Perfect. Um, I'm leaving for Aruba that Thursday morning, so we may have to do, like, the picks Oh, okay. I've, on Wednesday I've, night my, and maybe uh, hang on to them, put it in the vault until Friday morning. My mistake. I forgot that uh, I, had you, I had you off by a week, your vacation. All right. Okay. Yeah. Wednesday night. That's Labor Day. Labor Day. We could do over unders. No. Wait. So what? We, wait. Labor Day over unders. La- Labor Day over unders. Wednesday night. Um, oh, picks. Picks and whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. There it is. There you have it, folks. That's, That's how, how the it. magic is made. That's it. Yeah. Watch the sausage get made here. Right. <laughs> I have a fancy draft sandwich in there on Tuesday, so it's a busy week leading up to uh, my vacation. Oh, yeah, I got a fancy draft on Thursday this week, <laughs> uh, which I completely forgot about. But uh, so I bet it's early enough. Like, I think it starts at – this is the league with, like, we have people in London. We have people in San Diego. So, like, I think the best – I think we're starting at, like, 6 Eastern, I think it's six. Yeah. First, luckily, we never start on time because we're a bunch of fucking morons. Uh, but like, don't I'm, you have to set a don't you have to set a time on uh, Yahoo or wherever it is? Yes, you don't have to set a time specific time. Yeah, we said it. They said it already. I forget what it is though. But I'm pretty sure I'll be in the car for at least part of the draft, which is not the first time. There was a time where I was drafting. I got a fucking flat tire on my way home. And I was oh. driving on the side of the road and changing a flat tire. That's tough. It was not a good season. <laughs> it was a bad. I mean, it was a bad omen to start. Was, you didn't have a chance. It's a really bad omen. Oh man, that was miserable. All right, he did not uh, draft Deshaun Watson. I'm assuming in that trade, in that in that draft. I might have, but I might have taken him way too early. You know, you might have whiffed. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But that's, you know, the sacrifices you make for these leagues. We talked about it. You know, we talked about it. Yet we have the traditions. This is, this is the shit you do to uh, keep them going. Right, 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 right. If, so if it's 6 o'clock here, it's midnight in uh, London. London and 3 o'clock in San Diego. Oof, 3 o'clock draft. 
Yeah, you know? I mean, you guys, you got to make it work. You got to try and accommodate everybody coast to coast. What are you going to do? Yeah, actually, it might be 11 o'clock. We might have kicked it back an hour, so it was 11 and not midnight, but I'm not sure. Or maybe kicked it back from 1 to midnight. I forget. Whatever, it's late for him. It's going to be late. You should really let, like, whoever wins the league pick the draft time. That should be, that should be a rule. I like it. That's a good one. Except it's always the kid who lives in London, so no, I don't like it. All right. <laughs> it'll, end up being, it'll end up being like uh, 6 o'clock his time. Right. <laughs> Noon over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how about those Mets? How about those Mets? The Mets are doing Met things again. It's good to see. It really is. It's this is like the most Mets thing ever, and I, I mean I thought like the Reyes Wright Mets were like the coup de gras, like the 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 most Mets team of all time, <laughs> who just like suck you in and just like can be complete stiffs when you know the chips were in the center of the table. But this might be the most Mets team that we've seen in a while, at least in like fifteen years. <laughs> Uh, for, let's start. Let's start with this. Like, it is amazingly soft. What happened when Javi Javi Baez gets up there with his daughter on his lap and starts crying foul that the fans need the fans need to do better. That the fans, he definitely went rogue. By the way, he went rogue. Javi. He was not. No one like the other guys that were in on this did not think Javi was gonna go out and like say this publicly. <laughs> yeah, why would you? You got to keep you got to kind of keep it mums, keep it in the clubhouse. But don't go out there, man, and talk about how the fans need to do a better job when I think they're like 9 and 20 since he's been there, something like that. They've lost 13 games in the standings in a month. Yeah, I tell the, fans, the fans have fans to do a better. Do better. Job. Right, worry about yourself, Javi. Jesus Christ. That's brutal. I mean, that's just really it's as dumb as it gets. Here's a dumb person to think that that's a good idea to bring that up. Yeah, it's definitely tone deaf, and I think part of it is he – I can't remember exactly what year he was in when he won with the Cubs. It was early on in his career because he hasn't been around that long. Let's say it was his third year. I have no idea. If it was, well, let's if, say 26. It might even be. Might have been like a second year. Like it was, he was real young in that team. I feel like, right. So he's in his second year with the Cubs. They come not out of nowhere. But they're a good team. They win the World Series. Hundred and eight years. Blah blah blah. Everyone knows the story. So he's never really like once you win the World Series as a, as a Cub, you're bulletproof. Like he never had to get a hit. He could have went O for this, the rest of his career as a Cub. He's never going to get booed. He'll never have to buy a drink in Chicago. You know, all the cliches. Like, he's a made guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rizzo, Bryant, same thing. All the guys that were on that team. Schwarber, all, yeah. Schwarber, made guys, right? Schwarber had an amazing World Series, yeah. Yeah, on like one leg. He came back. He was supposed to be out for the year. Yeah. Problem is, you don't get to bring those stripes with you. No. No, that's When you very, go somewhere else. Yeah, that's, that's, that's specific to one – town it's one part of one town uh and for the rest of your life you're good but uh and i'm sure cubs fans got on a little bit 
the, just to kind of not the way, of, not the way a different franchise would, or not the way Cubs fans would if they were still chasing that title. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. You got to put yourself in a club in Cubs fan shoes, man. 108 years. Those guys are royalty that won that title. Sure, yeah, but I mean, day in and day out, 162. Not that you. I mean, they for- love Jake Arrieta, man. You see Jake Arrieta his last years with the Cubs. <laughs> Cubs fans will take a bullet for Jake Arrieta, and he's been awful for a while. Is, is, J- is Jason Hay? Well, he was great that year, but is Jason Hayward a made guy because he's never been good with the Cubs, but won a championship. <sighs> The fact that we're even debating it just tells you how much how highly regarded the other guys are. The <laughs> fact that Jason Hayward's debating because he's been terrible. He's never been good, man. But he yeah. was like a big clubhouse guy. What did he get him rallied up after the rain delay in Game Seven? Was that Hayward? Did I he do? Of... Did he get a hit in Game Seven? Did he no, do something I... actually on the field? No, 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 no. I don't think it was on the field. I think it was in the clubhouse, like during a rain delay. Yeah, all right. So there you go. That was his contribution. So he's a made guy too. They're all made guys. Yeah. When you're uh, when you're a part of a championship team, the only one in a hundred and whatever okay. twenty plus years. That's fair. It's yeah, a so, different story. And I, so I think Javi's a little. Yeah, he's never he, really had to deal with that. He's not used to being held to like a standard. I mean, right? And it's I, it's New York too. Like Yankee fans booed Jeter after he was Jeter. Yankees fans booed Mo. You know what I mean? Yeah. After all the championships, like New York's just like a different animal. Yeah, yeah. And look, if you're gonna get, if you, if you can't take getting booed by your home, by your home fans, like how are you gonna deal with like game seven down a run and the and the other team's closers on on the road? You know, like how, how are you gonna deal with that shit? I think it's it- different because I think they're they're sensitive to their own fans. Booing them, I think that I think it's more like their feelings are hurt more than they're rattled. That's that's being rattled. I think your feelings are getting hurt. I think that's the same thing. But yeah, but I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like you're not, you, you kind of expect on the road. But at the same time, why would you just handle it like? Who gives a shit? It's just a bunch of schmucks drinking Bud Light like in the in the stands, whether it's your fans or the other team's fans. Just yeah. you shut them up the same way by getting hits. Getting big hits and winning games, like doesn't you know, your fans will start cheering. The opposing fans will just shut the fuck up and be silent if you do it. So it's, the, it's the same. It's the same solution for either issue, either problem. I also think that you're a little like numb to New York because you've rooted for a New York team or New York teams. Yeah, your whole life. That for a guy who's not from here like Baez or like Lindor. I mean, we've seen it with a million guys. I mean, he's that been a, they're, just, they're just a little shell-shocked by it. It's not like a, this everywhere. He's been here for a month. And they it's a long won, month. And they haven't won shit. They've been worse since he's been here. I don't know what the fuck he expects. I, yeah, I get maybe it's, I'm numb to the New York thing. I could just expect it in New York. But yeah, that doesn't, it still doesn't compute to me. And then if that's the case, if these guys weren't ready for it, where the fuck is the leadership in that clubhouse? Where the fuck is Pete Alonso? That's a whole other issue, yeah. Pete Alonso's bopping his head in the fucking All-Star game, winning home run derbies. Oh, great job, Pete. Why don't you fucking fucking be a leader in the clubhouse? Get your house in order, man. The manager seems a little... 
Manager, Lighten the loafers, too. Manager's clueless. We know that. Manager's on his Seems way out. He's a little soft. Yeah. The owner's, the owner's clueless. He's a fucking dork. He's never had a friend he didn't buy in his life. Yeah. You know, joking around on Twitter about it. What was his quote? I, I miss when the biggest controversy was the black jerseys or the black uniforms yeah, shut, or something. Shut up, man. I mean, I don't mind you taking take, taking the Twitter, like whatever. That's what you want to do. That's that's not the issue with me. But that is a that's just a dumb thing to say. It's not it's it's not cute. It's not funny. I'm not impressed by it. I'm not like, oh, here's a guy who gets it. No, not at all. I'm like, here's a guy who is grasping at straws, hoping. That something sticks. Hoping, get, hoping that something he says, you know, absolves himself, absolves the team, absolves the players. It's not. That's not. That's not it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I've taken the approach all along that if I was a public figure, and Cohen, I mean, you buy the Mets, you're an owner in New York, you're a public figure, you kind of put yourself out there. I mean, I would do. I'd run as far away from social media as I could. I don't think that's a good. I don't think it's a good place for you, man. I just don't no, think. Fair. I don't no, think you should be fair. out there. That's playing with fire. No, that's that's fair. I think. I mean, if yeah, you if it's you that you're making a decision, that's that's one thing. I don't think it's a problem to be on there though. No, I don't think it's a problem. I'm just saying, like, there's too much that can go wrong when you're yeah. sitting there and you have a chance to say stuff that the whole world's gonna see. Yeah. And he hasn't said anything that bad. That was just corny what he said about the black uniforms. There's nothing really wrong with it. Right. But I'm saying there is the potential to kind of fuck up in the heat of in the heat of uh, battles. No, not catastrophic, but it just doesn't help. It's just, no, it's like if I was a Mets fan, I would just be like, "This guy's a fucking doofus." Yeah, he's a doofus. That's exactly it. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like Lindor's the, the is the ringleader. Oh, he's the worst. Guy's batting. He's the worst. Guy's batting two hundred. Like Francisco. First of all, you missed like a bunch of time. Like stay, stay in the fucking field. You were you were terrible last year in your final year in Cleveland. You're not making. You're not making anybody feel comfortable with that gigantic contract you just signed. If nobody feels good about that contract right now, it's not like okay, we got at least we got one good year out of him. No, now it's like shit. This next nine years could be horrible. And it could be, man. This guy's an undersized shortstop who – Yeah, I didn't he, like the contract. That's just me. Right, but I did. The contract is for a player that's much better than he is. They paid him like an Acuna, a Tatis, a Soto. Like he's, he's a notch below those guys. At least a notch below, maybe more. Yeah. You know, who knows now? Who knows what his peak will be as a Met? But, I mean, it's, you got to hope it's – better than this whatever whatever this is like bad like 230 or something like that i mean i you would you would think he at some point he'd be better than this yes <laughs> you would think that maybe he would you know show some sort of leadership or show some sort of appreciation for the fans or so, or show some sort of fire you know when the, when the chips are down instead of running and hiding and like saying you know what let's take on the fucking fans here why don't you fucking take on the opposing pitcher why don't you take it personally yeah. that they fucking keep getting your ass out? Why do you take it personally that you can't fucking buy a hit? Take that shit personally. Don't take it personally how people react to your fucking failures. Yeah. It just, I mean, it just goes to show you, man. Again, New York is just a different animal. I mean, it's just you, a different animal. Would you expect people to fucking pat you in the back and say, keep your head up? But it's just not going to happen. 
Like that's in your clubhouse. That's in your dugout. That's with, you know, your teammates and your coaches. But I mean, that's not, not how the world works. I don't care if it's New York or what. Like, if, you, if you're fucking up, people are going to let you know one way or the other. You just happen to do it in very public. Did way. they let him know in Cleveland, you think? I mean, he won, I mean, he was like an MVP candidate in Cleveland. He had really, really good years. And last year he was terrible. And there was no – Had fans. some teams that underperformed, though. You wonder if he was held accountable, if that team was held accountable the same way that the fans in New York do. I'm telling you, New York – and I guess you could throw Boston in there, too, and Philly, I guess. It's a little bit of a Northeast thing. But I, I just think that some of these guys just don't know what they're getting into. They can pretend they do. They can say they do. They can say the right things. But, uh, I mean, big reason is that someone offers you – well, apparently Lindor didn't want New York, too. I heard Mad Dog say that today, which I don't remember that coming out, but apparently Lindor didn't want New York, so it's already a second choice. But, you know, of course he took the $340 million. No problem. Yeah. Well, New York um, was going to give him that. Well, yeah, that, that was a little odd that they kind of did that before he even played a game, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, he, I don't know who – I think he might have pressured him to get it done, too. Oh, it had to be before the season, or else he wasn't negotiating. Probably, yeah. Season, yeah. That was that was a risk that the Mets probably should have should not have taken. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just think, yeah, I think I don't know, man. I, I think it's an adjustment. And some guys flourish in New York, like when Mayhew's done all right, like he kind of puts his head down and plays. Uh, I mean, even a know, guy like Alonzo, who's kind of said dumb shit, like seems to be like kind of playing all right in New York. But, I mean, like, Tino got booed for his first couple months, replacing yeah. Mattingly, not playing well. And he, you know, like he, I don't remember him ever complaining about it. He just kind of figured it out. And then, I mean, now he's beloved. Good thing he didn't have a Twitter account to fire off an angry tweet. <laughs> it's just fucking I, you just gotta see, You just got to take your lumps, man. Like, you just got to take it. Well, I think also part of it is not to shit on the younger player, but I'm going to. The younger player is like a different breed now. No, I don't know about that. A little that, more man. sensitive. That, see, that's, you're putting that all into like – to group them all in. I, I hear you. And it's kind of was my initial thought was like, oh, you know, fucking millennials, whatever. But, I mean, there's a lot of young players that don't cry about this shit. <laughs> right? It's just, it, was the fir- it was the first time we've heard about it, right? And it's Baez and Lindor. But like I, you know, I I can't take credit for this take, but uh, Craig Carton today was saying like Stanton is, gets booed plenty, never says shit about it, never complains about it. Yeah, he just goes out there and plays no matter what. He just takes it, goes out there and you know tries to be better or you know. Yeah, you can't take on the fans. It's just impossible. You just impossible. Gotta- you don't win. You got to let your game do the talking, man. You've got to let your game do the talking. And not only the fans, but the media, I guess, too. They're trying to take out, like, the media is out to get them. Oh, man. I mean, these guys are delusional, man. Look at your record the last month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Seriously. And, yeah. And that's the worst part about it is, like, they took a series to the Nationals. Instead of being like, okay, well, it's going to take a lot, but we get, you're back on the right track. Let's see what September brings. No, it's about how fucking they're crying about. And they have a whole like secret hand handshake devoted to talk about you know hey look 
booing the fans, whatever the fuck it is. Boo the fans. <laughs> what do you think? Now, they play tomorrow at home. Uh, I think it's a double header. Well, they're finishing. The first game's at like – yeah, exactly. The first game's at 1 o'clock, so it's going to be empty in there. Yeah, I don't know how many innings that game is, but it's the finishing game that already started. So for the for the night game where you would think there'll be more fans in there, what happens when these guys get introduced? Oh, they're gonna hear it, man. I think they're gonna hear every at bat. Oh, every at bat, oh, but their first at bat. You got you. I. How soft is the Met fan if they don't hear it tomorrow? If they don't get <laughs> that's true. That's a good tomorrow. point. It's a good if point. If they go in and, and start cla- giving polite claps. And be like, yeah, all right, maybe you were right. We'll start patting you guys in the back. And then they go like 0 for 4, both of them. Like, well, great job, you know, making them comfortable failing in New York. Now, on the flip side, if you're a Miami Marlin, every time you do anything and get on base, you got to do the thumbs down, (laughs) right, to to, to troll the shit out of them? I don't know. I don't know. I mean – No, the Marlins love sticking it to the Mets, man. This goes back to Juan Pierre and Luis Castillo, whoever was on those teams that uh, beat them in the 2000s. They love sticking it to them. (laughs) That's the other thing. Like, like, how many times do the Mets have a chance to do this? I think they're knocking the cover off the ball. You know, like they're putting the thumbs down all the time. Yeah. Fucking thumbs down. Uh, all right. So you think that uh, leadoff double tomorrow, there's some thumbs downs? From the Marlins? Yeah. Maybe save it for like a big spot to stick it to them. All right. All right. Maybe wait until, yeah, like you're roughing up J. Roos Familia. And then the actual boo birds are coming down, and then you could kind of just rub salt in the wound. They are kind of like a pesky team like that, the Marlins. They got their shit with Atlanta. They're kind of like right. They're not. Oh, good. they've been beating. They've been beating. They own the Mets, man. They're, they're, I don't know. I have no numbers to back that up, but it feels <laughs> like they own the Mets. <laughs> they ended their season twice: 07 and 08. Final day, they they roughed up Tommy Glavin in 07. And then 08, the final game at Shea. They, they fucking ended Shea, the Marlins. They blew up Shea. And then they made the fans sit around and honor the, all the old Mets after they after – the, that was the, what a move that was. Was that right who popped up to that game or Delgado? Who was that? Delgado. Uh, Delgado was on that team, was he? Final out of the game? Yeah. I feel like it was Someone right. fly out to, to the track? To right, in right field? I think it was Ray Field. I don't know if it was all the way to the was track. Ryan Church on that team? Ugh. Ryan Church make the final out at Shea? I feel like someone flew out to the track. It was, it was in the outfield. I don't know how deep it was, though. Well, we got to look it up now. I, I don't know why <laughs> Ryan – I know Beltron hit a big two-run homer in that game that tied the game up. But then I want to say uh, – I want to say Wes Helms hit a big home run for the uh, Marlins. Wes Helms, famous Mets killer. Just a long list. <laughs> All right. Who made – that's a good trivia question. Who made the final out at Shea? We know it was a Met. They lost 4-2. Uh, let's go. Final out at Shea was – Ryan Church. Wow, that is 
impressive. Ryan Church, name that I've long forgotten. Fly ball to deep center. Wow. Okay. Off of Matt Lindstrom. I I, I remember throwing it on. Uh, Two-out walk by Damian Easley and then Ryan Church. I, I remember watching it, yeah, but I, don't, I couldn't, couldn't tell you. The I'm going to text the Greek here. right now. See if Greek he knows. Fan? Yeah. He'll know. You think he'll know? I, yeah, I know he's going to know. I have no doubt. All right. We'll see. I'll, I'll text. I'll send Put it out there. Who made the final out at Shea? <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Big, big uh, three games. Or I don't even know how many games it is. Can you remember any other player that took on the fans like this? Like, the only one I could really think of is Jack McDowell. Flipping the bird. Yeah. And that was almost just like a heat of the moment, just aggressive, just boneheaded thing. And it was Jack McDowell, so it was like, ah. He he had one foot out the door anyway Yeah, after he did that, which I guess you could say Baez because that's like the narrative now. Well, Baez – you ever think Baez may be evil genius? Him, by coming out publicly, knows that he's not going to get re-signed there now? Uh, yeah, I mean, after a month, he was like, "Fuck this place! I got to do something to make sure I don't come back." <laughs> it's it's really been a roller coaster because I think like the first week he was there, people loved him. Like, oh, this guy's a great Met. It's a perfect Met, and now he got a big hit this weekend too. He had a big two-run homer. Was it either yes? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he doesn't. Want, want nothing, he wants nothing to do with Queens. Yeah, I think that's what that's what we need to we need to look into. Javi just <laughs> kind of just he kind of kind of rode his way out of town purposely. Mm-hmm. That's a good. It's a hell of a maneuver. I mean, you could have just could just played the season out and it's not resigned. You still you still have to sign the contract yourself, pal. <laughs> well, he wanted to. He wanted, <laughs> he wanted to make sure. Yeah, well, he was not willing to take any chances. That seals the deal. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, on his way out the door for sure. Uh, I can't. I don't. I can't remember anybody taking the fans on though, like like that. Uh, what Bobby Bo do? Did he take on the media? I don't know. Did he? I remember that? Definitely. He definitely had some shit to say to the media, right? It sounds about right. But yeah, uh-huh. he, he man, I don't always... know. He did something with the fans, Bobby Bo. Vince Coleman threw uh, fireworks at fans. Are you thinking of? Did he? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember that? No. Like in, like in the Mets parking lot or something, or outside the players' parking lot or something. He threw fireworks at fans. <laughs> lit lit fireworks. Another, another Mets bust. <laughs> don't hey, don't trade for speed guys when they're in their thirties. Words to live by. Um, I I can't really think of too many. I can't think of too many that, that take on the fans. Doesn't happen. So, no. like, Baez is on the way out the door, but, I mean, how does Lindor recover, like, recover his image you know, the, other than performance? Well, that's why Lindor is the real story here. Because Baez, you could just write him off. Like, all right, they're, out, they're done this season. They have a month to play it out. Like, Baez is gone. But and it's pretty clear that Lindor was, like, the real yeah, Lindor is yeah, Lindor. Lindor comes out looking the worst here. 
Javi will be fine. He'll go somewhere else next year. Lindor seems like a complete asshole now. He did the whole thing with McNeil and the clubhouse with the raccoon or rat thing, whatever. Oh, yeah. What was that about? I, didn't, I missed that story. I heard it being talked about today. Yeah, it was uh, – I think they're having like an argument in, um, in like the hallway there for, during one game. Someone yeah. And they asked him about it. Instead of just being like, you know, it was – he had exchanged uh, – kind of copping to what was going on. They said they were having an argument about something they saw, uh, and uh, Lindor said it was a raccoon, and McNeil was just like, no, it's a rat. And I was like, that's the story that Lindor told, the rat-raccoon story. And he's like, oh, I've never seen a New York rat before. I thought it was a raccoon. And they said they were arguing about that. Instead of just being like we were – you know, you know, it was a tough game. Uh, and I didn't – whatever. You know, we just – it was the heat of the moment. and. Uh, Shit. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious. Kluber had nothing there. I'm not sure why they just let him in there to die. Yep. I mean, Clay, Kluber's gave up a grand slam. He had to see the same look in his face as when he threw his no-no. Right, yeah. Can't, can't rattle this guy. <laughs> can't have Corey Kluber anywhere in there. I think. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yes. Yeah, a whole other story is right. So I, I just don't know what Lindor does now. I mean, is this just who he's going to be? He's just going to be a guy who seems like a problem teammate, is a problem player with the fans now. Like, I, I don't know what to – I don't know what he I mean, does. He's got here. plenty of time. He's got plenty of time to repair his image. <laughs> he's got, he's even, got nine years. You think he even tries, though? You think, like, what are the efforts here? Is there any kind of effort? He's got to do some serious PR here. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but it's going to, ha- it's going to have to come next year. Yeah. Corey Kluber fucking sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> sucks. God. Yeah, is, he were- taking Andrew Heaney? is he taking Andrew Heaney's spot? That's the only way I can justify it. I mean, he's stunk all year. He's just getting rocked. Yeah. He struck out Otani, and then I think everybody said to fucking ball on the line after that. Nobody's warming up. Nobody's warming yeah. up. But, it, but but there's Heaney. Oh, Heaney, uh, there he is. <laughs> but I just yeah. First of all, people were talking about Kluber coming back like it was a big addition to the rotation when he wasn't that great. I mean, he had de- some decent starts before he got hurt. Um, not you know outside of the no no, but uh, like, it, uh, whose hopes were high for this guy? And now he's back. Now he's out there coming off the injury, and like you just like, like you said, leaving there, leaving him, leaving him there to die doesn't make much sense. No, the rest of Corey Kluber's career is going to be him coming off an injury. Like that's 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 going to be the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, he's going to get ran out there every fifth day, I guess, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not excited about it. No, no. And if the plan is him plus Heaney for an entire game, that seems like a terrible plan. No, it's te- awful. That seems and the pitching's like- been so good, man. Like, this guy's got to yeah. come in here and fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, because even, even the last two days when they lost, the, it wasn't the pitching's fault. No, they, got, they kind of got shut down by a couple guys. That was it. You know, they got shut <sighs> down by Blackburn and uh, the Pen yesterday, and then uh, 
Frankie Montas on Saturday. Frankie Montas, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the pitch, pitching has not been an issue. Pitching has not been an issue until tonight. But, but doesn't, doesn't Kluber plus Heaney just kind of sound like Kevin Brown plus Javi Vasquez? Like it's not a good – when you're combining starting pitchers, hoping for one of them to, like, have a night. And, of course, one of them's coming out of the pen, is not used to come out of the pen, and has got to clean up the other's mess. It's never good. No, it sounds like a terrible plan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's your fifth starter option. I mean, we're, you know, I'm wasting my breath just even yelling about it. But, like, where's Luis Heel? He still hasn't given up a run. Yeah. Yeah. This Waste, is, wasting my breath. This is what concerns me about the team, right? Because they got, they got names and they feel like they all, like, Kluber hasn't earned shit in fucking New York. <sighs> I mean, he's been fucking terrible. Yeah, but we don't, you know, one game. You don't owe him anything, though. Like, well, you, you know, let him earn his way back into the rotation. <laughs> He's trying. <laughs> One hanging breaking ball at a time. He's trying. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's Sanchez. another hanger that should have been crushed. <laughs> the line, line driving the Sanchez's mask. <sighs> oh, man. Wow. Ugly. Ugly stuff. Yes, I, better get that wild card game at home. That's all I'm saying. It, 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 after all, after the 13 wins, it's concerning to me that they couldn't take the series after they won the first two against the A's. It's not about the 13 in a row. I mean, that was an amazing run. But it, to me, it's about performance against the teams that you have to beat. Like I've said before, it's about killer instinct. So finding a way to win those games that you need to win, kind of turn things around. And the 13 in a row is great. But taking that series against the A's, a team that you're in the race with, taking that series would have been – that's like a step in the throat, instinctual victory. That's what, that's what makes you a lion and not a lamb. So yeah, still, they, had a, they had a chance to really bury Oakland. Right. Right. And they kind of left them off – let them off the mat. Now, I still think they'll finish ahead of them, but – they had a chance to end them. Right. They did. It's like Mortal Kombat, finish them. They didn't Oakland, do it. Oakland famously won a bunch of games in a row in a season. They got knocked down the first round of the playoffs. Cleveland Indians as well. The Lindor-led Indians. There you go. 23 in a row that year. Yep. So, it's nice while it, was nice while it lasted, but, you know, now it's back to business. Now you got to win the games you got to win. And after losing the last two in Oakland, you got to come, you know, a mediocre Angels team and find a way. And going down 5-2 with uh, this fucking rag arm up there, you know, Tani on deck, <laughs> it's not great, man. No. I mean, it's, yeah. It, their, their main goal right now needs to be getting uh, – getting that wild card game in their building because they're not winning the division. So make sure they're, make sure they play at home. Yeah. Division Tuesday night, division October or whatever. The division is not completely out of reach, but it'll take, it's going to take. It's over. It's going to take the Rays doing something that the Rays won't do, which is losing, you know, more games than you're losing. And uh, they already won tonight. So they, they're looking at seven back. Yeah. So. Division's over. Tampa's going to win over 100 games. It's over. Yeah. No, it's not mathematically over. That's all I'm saying. 
Right. It's just in real right yeah. life. It's over. Right. Yeah. No. I was, yeah. I'm saying you. It would. You would need things to happen that just you that you cannot envision happening. Yeah. Right. No. It's yeah. From I mean, from a wild card standpoint, splitting was fine with Oakland. Yeah. It was the they lost the final two. That was probably left a little bit of a bad taste. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the man? Do you know the, who the GM of the Rays is? Um, I do not. It's Eric Neander. Okay. I never heard of him. I don't know. He took over after the 2016 season. They went 80 and 72 in 2017, 90 and 72 in 2018. 96 and 66 in 2019. Last year, 40 and 20. Fake year. And then this year, they're going to win over 100. They should make a movie about this fucking guy. Bill, how's Billy Bean get Brad Pitt? <laughs> what, uh, how do you think a guy like that would do with like big market money? Like, yeah, it's, who knows? It's like apples and oranges, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you would think. You'd think they like would kind of fall flat on their face, not know what to do with that kind of money, with that with those kind of resources. They have to kind of you know in in Tampa, he's scrounging, trying to find like the smart moves he's got. Right, it's like kind of it's part analytics, and it's part kind of team building, but like, and it's, you know, part Wander Franco kind of coming into his own. Um, but I mean, uh, this, I mean the the transformation is you know long before Wander showed up on the scene. Right. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just know what, I, I think it would do fine because it's, it's the philosophy, really. Right? It's pitching. It's balanced lineup. Right, right but don't you, and when you're, when you're managing a big market team, don't you have to give out some contracts that you kind of don't want to necessarily do like those, the big market teams are the ones that overpay it. They have, right. You're saying that they, to keep a guy, like to keep a wander, to keep a, I don't know. I don't know. Or like a, or like going out and signing a Garrett Cole. Like that's a big market team that's signing that guy. That's an LA. That's a New York. That's a Boston or a Philly. Like you're not doing that. If you're in Tampa Bay or St. Petersburg. Right. So do you think, but he's gonna be smarter about who to sign because he would he would sign the Garrett Cole and not sign the Francisco Lindor. You would hope. You would hope. Right, because if you're just doing that, if you're doing the Lindor thing, you're kind of a drunken sailor. But like Cole, you know what you're getting with Cole. Right now, that's the question you have to ask: Is the small market GM meander? Is he smart enough to sign the right guy long term? Right. 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 Yeah, or does he just feel the pressure like we need? Because he doesn't even he doesn't even have the option to sign up the door. Right. Right now. Yeah. Right. I would think he would know, and he would pour it into. He probably's got some like idea of like how much he wants to spend per position. Yeah. And he would just kind of, like by percentage, you know what I mean? So like he would, if you just if he if his payroll is increased by X amount, you would just okay, well. I'm still going to put this percentage into the pitching staff, into the bullpen, this percentage into the infield, whatever. Um, something like that. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how they break it down, how they decide. But I think, like for a guy like that, he would just be 
he would know to like spend on pitching and spend on reliable pitching. Somehow, yeah, he would hope so. Somehow he always gets it though, which is crazy. And then you have the team philosophy, like kind of like these are the kinds of players you want. And you know, he didn't he didn't he went out and got Nelson Cruz. It's a guy that didn't have a guy like Nelson Cruz, but it's a guy that you can put in the middle of the lineup, you know, against lefties probably. And, you know, that's just uh, – he needs to warm it up. Um, <laughs> but, like, he, didn't, he doesn't have, like, a bunch of those guys. It's a balanced team. It's a balanced lineup. Um, I, think he, I think he just – I think that would translate. As long as the philosophy is there, you know, the money kind of falls into place. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess so. But you're we right. Hope though. That he build a balanced team. You're right, though, because if you are kind of expected to make those big signings, you have to be smart about them. And one fuck up is enough to kind of derail your team a little bit, unless you're right. Every, everybody whiffs on them. I mean, you're going to have more room for error if you're with a big market team. Right. But I think I feel well, like what Cashman is done. Everybody Which, fucks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he still has a job after how many bad signings. It's no other Boris on the cell phone scumbag. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody could recover from as many bad signings as Cashman has. Yeah, you're he's right. on like a mid-level team, like a uh, you know Detroit Tigers, let's say. And you made half the moves that Cashman made. He's out oh, of job. Yeah. You signed Jacoby Ellsbury to the Tigers. Oh, they're gone. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy this is scot free for signing Jacoby Ellsbury. Guy was nothing. Oh, uh, anybody else is run out of town, man. But no, anybody a, else is like a, Rich Cotite. It's a blip. It's a blip. It's, on it is, resume. man. It's a blip. blip on his resume. Yeah, survived it, no problem. Yeah. He just got done paying him too, I think, last year. <laughs> Great. It was old. Yeah, it was a seven year. Yeah, I mean, it was too long. Whatever it was, it was too long. What I say about Vince Coleman don't sign speed guys when they're fucking <laughs> there 30. Is. There it is. Okay. <laughs> it's a lesson. Go look up D, look, go look up D Gordon, okay, when he was in his 20s. And then go look what happened when he got into his 30s. Fell off a cliff. The Yankees signed Kenny Lofton in his 30s? Yeah, Kenny was a little bit better, though. He was, he was, he was I mean, he might have been 40 when he played for the Yankees. He was a pain in the ass. He was a better all-around player than those other guys, though. Yeah, much better. But yeah, he was like a pain oh, in the ass. Oh, Jesus. Was, you saw that? That's a block. Yeah, that's a block. <laughs> that was so weird. So the pitcher just, like, slipped on his delivery. The Angels pitcher was going to pitch, and he's kind of slipped from underneath himself. But the play before that, he went to pick – he went to, like, throw a – like, a pickoff at first, and, like, he lobbed it. It looked like he was – it looked like if I tried to throw left-handed. It's like, you know, I'm right-handed. So it looked like somebody who's right-handed tried to throw left-handed. Did you see that, like the pickoff throw? No. Maybe is, is this guy not used to pitching from the stretch or what? I don't know. I That's think what it looked like. Like his foot just kind of slipped back over the mouth. Like it didn't dig, enough, like didn't dig uh, a big enough hole in front of the rubber. Hmm. Maybe. I, I don't know. No, anyway. All right. Uh, odd. Very odd. But hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Where were we? Where the fuck were we? 
Uh, I don't, don't know. Don't sign, don't, sign speed, don't sign speed guys. Don't sign speed guys once they hit 30. Big Ichiro, mistake. Ichiro, he was, in, he was 40 probably. Ichiro was like all right around MVP type player. He was 28 <laughs> when he came into the States. More than fun. a speed guy. He was fun, man, as a Yankee. I mean, it was short-lived, but he was fun. I liked him. Yeah, he was still a good player. Yeah. He was fine. It wasn't his fault they didn't win. No, I mean, you, I hope you're not relying on Ichiro at that point in his career. No, no. He had, like, what, two years with the Yankees? Maybe three tops. He was fine. Oh, uh, you know why I hate the internet? This is, a, this is the reason I hate the internet. So last night during the Yankee game, they pointed out something that I thought was pretty cool that they pointed out. Now, it's about Matt Chapman, third baseman of uh, – Oakland, yeah. Of Oakland. And they pointed out, like, he gets the ball and he just waits. He kind of double clutches and then fires it and gets his guy by half a step, like, every time. Now, yeah. Gold Glover. Now, now, I hate that, of course, it's against the Yanks. But I love that, that sort of shit. Like, Shawan Dunstan, the, the Cubs – an ancient Cubs shortstop, same mm-hmm. thing. He had a fucking gun, and he would just kind of bang and it'd nail you. You know, it was cl- made it closer than it had to be. But like the internet, like Twitter was making fun of Vasquez and A Rod. Now, granted, they deserve to be made fun of, but you're missing out like on one of the fun, like quirks of baseball, like one of the fun things that players do in baseball that make the game fucking incredible. Like, I love that shit. But the internet was – Twitter was, like, making fun of these guys for going bonkers about it. Like, maybe you don't fucking understand baseball, then, if you're making fun of that shit. I yeah, they probably, they probably deserve it, though, Veskirch. And um, they did a couple uh, things last night that irritated me, but I can't remember what because I kind of tuned it out. But, I mean, of all the things – look, they yeah, A-Rod and Veskirch both deserve to be made fun of for a million things. So whenever, Every time he calls him Maddie, I just, like, cringe. <laughs> bothers me you think he looks down at his hand he's got it written down on his hand yeah it just <laughs> bug, bugs me for some reason no no yes both those guys deserve scorn I, I'm yeah, boo them all you want thumbs down all you want neither of them I don't like either of them but like they got that one right like that's fucking cool <laughs> I love that shit yeah it's t- I mean, it's national announcers don't stand a chance doing baseball games. No, I know. but It's, not, know, it's not for them. He's got to find something else. Find something else to, to go at him for. It wasn't that. Oh, there was plenty last night. I didn't write anything down because, I don't know, I had the volume on low. But there was a couple things they said that irritated me. No. Because they, they don't know the team. They don't know the teams the way that the fans do. The way that the everyday announcer does, it's just they, they just kind of parachute in and they, they call a baseball game. They go by their notes. You know, maybe they look at the box score from the last few games, what's happened in the series, and that's it. They don't have a feel for the team. It's impossible to. It's not like football. You know, it's not like football where you could uh, – it's pretty easy to catch up on a team. Yeah. Baseball, that's not possible. Yeah. Regional sport. Yeah, even without that, they stink anyway. I don't care how much they know about the teams. They stink anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about national broadcast in general. general. But, yeah, Veskirchen. Yeah, Veskirchen and A-Rider. Is it just them two in the booth, too? Is that it? Jessica Mendoza, what is she? 
I think it was just those two last night. Yeah. She working PR for the Mets or something? Yeah, she might have. She might have to take the night off to fucking. Uh, yeah. Uh, to do some uh, damage control. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It just a Rod is just the most unnatural speaker, unnatural human being out there. He is, yeah. I don't know, robot. Is a robot with a glitch. Yeah, one too many glitches. <laughs> He's a glitch bitch. That's an entourage like, quote. Oh yeah. <laughs> By the way, Arod Arod's like one of the robots in. I just watched Blade Runner for the first time. Like the whole premise of the movie <laughs> is to for, Harrison Ford needs to just run down and kill like these four robots, for lack of a better term. Okay. And A-Rod's like one of these robots. Like he's just like because everything about them looks and sounds like a human, but they're not a human. That's That's A-Rod, yeah. Yeah. He looks like a human until he opens his mouth. Right. And then you catch it and you're like, oh, that's one. I think it was called the repellent. Yeah, it was a repellent. A-Rod's a repellent. He's a repellent. He's a repellent, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's I think we squeezed everything out of Monday we could, my man. That's it. So as always, thanks to everybody who listened for uh, taking time, spending time with us. We appreciate it. We're back here later on in the week with uh, some more Sunday Pour. Yep, see you later on the week. Uh, See you then. It's Kiata guy. It's whatever his name is. Kuyata. Fidgety. It's a weird looking guy. He is fidgety. You know what I realized too about Blade Runner is if they if we did have flying cars, yeah. Can't give those to people. I could see flying cars being a thing. But you just we just can't turn them over to we can't turn them over to human beings. No, like he, no we haven't figured no. out how to do it on on land yet. Why would you let people in the air with them? Yeah, roaming free in the sky, that seems terrible. People would be crashing into other people's roofs all the time. Landing, yeah. on, landing on cars on the ground. Not to mention crashing into each other. Like, at least when you're on land, you have a chance to survive a car accident. Oh, yeah, crashing and just go, dropping down. Well, how high would these flying cars go, though? Too high. That's just, it's just, it's, or no, not high, not, uh, not high enough. Um, Either whichever way you want to look at it. I mean, yeah, they have to go right. above houses and above. And like you could say, like, oh, right. well, what if you oh, what yeah, if you funny. put like, what? I mean, what? All right, so let's say you're above everything, and let's say you put like, uh, you know, a whole traffic system up in the sky. It's like we already have that down here, and people kind of suck at it. I think the key for flying cars is going to have to be population control. So, 
you know, what, if climate change takes out like half the population, you probably look. You're probably looking at flying cars. There's less people to be flying. You know, at least half you'd have to take out. Yeah, I'd say two thirds maybe. Yeah. It would clear things up on the road. Maybe, maybe it will. It would be better because you have half the people up flying. Uh, I think I'd, I'd rather just go in the land. Take with what I know. You don't want to be the guinea pig for the flying car. No, no, no. Unless you made they made it where like you could kind of be like bumper cars up there, and you can kind of just. We have airplanes already, though. So why do you need a flying car, too? Oh, bumper cars in the sky would be fun. But then I, I'm going to assume you're not, gonna, you're not going. Then why would they just do bumper cars on the ground? If it's that, if it's that safe. Do you think you could know. do 80 in a flying car? I would hope. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's the key. You got to kind of make them go a little bit slower. Yeah, keep them on the ground, then. Yeah, we can't, we can't, you can't turn over flying cars to people. No, people couldn't handle themselves in a flying car. No shot. No, there's so much that would go wrong. And that is like the number one, like stereotypical cliche thing you see in the old school science fiction movie is the flying car. Well, think about the Jetsons, man. There wasn't, Jetsons. There wasn't that many people up there. Neighbors were Too too many people. Not too many people, I don't think. Neighbors. No, I'm saying right now, currently. In, oh, now, yeah. Now there's some people. Yeah. The world, too many people. Yeah. Neighbors were far apart, right? They all lived in those whatever, like uh, space needles. Right, yep. Um, you know, you flew into work, no problem. We got to figure out how to teleport. That's what I'm down for. Give me some fucking teleporting yeah, and I'll pay either. so much. You're messing with like your cells and stuff. Yeah, but that's how much I hate the airport. Teleporting would probably take a couple of years off your life each time you did it. All right, so I'll travel like once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I won't I don't have to go away that much. <laughs> I'll pick my spot. You got to pick your spots when you teleport. Right. You're not, you're not teleporting uh, to the corner store. You're not teleporting to like Philly. You could suck it up and drive the few hours yeah. if you're going down there. Yeah. You're messing but you, with really want, you really want to see Italy, but you don't want to stay on a plane that long? Yeah. See, I t- I would, yeah, that would that'd be worth it. Oh, yeah. Take a couple of years off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then you risk like what if the, what if the teleport glitches and you end up somewhere you really don't want to end up. <laughs> it's like this is like a fam family guy episode now. City field. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fuck. A couple years off my life to fucking watch this. Uh, you gotta just hope they're off that week and you're, you show up at like a concert, like any concert. Anything. Yeah. Anything but baseball. Oh, thank God. It's Hootie and the Blowfish without Hootie. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just a blowfish. It's just a blowfish. 
<laughs> oh man. I wonder what the, the blowfish are doing these days. It, he started his own band? Well, he like moved to country music stuff. Like he does country now. I think it's his own guy now. I think doesn't does it solo. I think he was in Connecticut this weekend. Was there, he? Was he up, up in Hartford? I don't think so, no. I'm not sure where he was. I thought he was still doing some stuff with the band, with the Blowfish. I hope so. Hope he, I mean, those band, I'm sure that band gets a little, uh, little love from their fans. Oh, they got a big staple in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Crack the Rare Window. Is that the name of the album? Is it? That's pretty good if it is. Cracked, something like that. Sounds right. Big spot for Stanton here. Cracked rear view. Absolutely hammered the center field. We got ourselves a tie ball game. Wow. It's a hell of a two-out rally. And that's how you eliminate the cluberness. And, let the, <laughs> and restart the game with Heaney. Right. We need, we need like five more yeah. before Heaney comes in. Man, I was crushed. See, guy gets booed. What does he do? He just goes and gets an RBI single to tie the game up. That's what he does. Yeah. It must be nice when, like, the whole opposing crowd is cheering you. Well, not opposing crowd. It's Yankee fans, but the opposing ballpark is rooting for you. Yeah, I saw somebody say there's the most – on Twitter, there's the most uh, Yankee fans I've ever seen in this ballpark. Yeah. Which, fucking angels, man. God. Angels is it's usually it's been a tough place to play for the Yanks. In years I ago. know, not really as much recently. I would say since Socha's been gone, maybe. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how long yeah. that's been. That was there was a nightmare going out west when Socha. Was oh there. yeah. Now I think Oakland has almost replaced Anaheim as like a little house of horrors. Mm. Um, but the fucking Angels, man, they have Trout for like what since twenty twelve, like almost a decade now. And now they have Otani. Like, who's running this team? They're never good. Art Moreno, is that him? Is that who runs it? He's the owner, right? The but owner, is yeah. he making the – is he the judge and jury? I don't know. Probably not, no. I, I mean, play yeah. Boris, man. Boris lurking there. Can't be good. Boris is, like, happy in blue chips. But look at this. Fucking scumbag. <laughs> Just a scumbag hanging around the program. Friends of the program. But look at the team outside. Look at the team outside of those two, man. It's, it's not a good team. And Rendon's hurt. And, uh, I mean. Yeah, and, I thought Rendon was a good signing, too. But he's been that was a, good. Yeah. He was, well, he was bad when he was healthy. And now he's hurt. Um, who else? I got one more, one more big name that's hurt, too. I can't think who it is. Also, the kid Joe Adele hasn't really lived up to his hype. Uh, but their team stinks, though. There's no pitching. Yeah. They, they never really have too much pitching. They're the general pitch. manager is Perry Minasian. Let's make a movie about him. Yeah. <laughs> 40 years old. What? Their GM is 40. That's fucking ridiculous. How long has he been the GM for? He just got it, 2020. All right. Well, so yeah, so this mess isn't completely on him. No, no, no. 
Well, it's on him to not waste the rest of Mike Trout's career. So, yes. Good luck with that, pal. He doesn't seem to be rushing back, does he? Not to pick up Mike Trout or anything. I, I read someplace that he's frustrated he's not back yet. He wanted to be back already. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mike, he's going to say, he's going to say what he thinks is the right thing to say. I don't, he's scripted as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, he is a little scripted bitch. Yeah. There's a reason he's not growing the game. And the other guys are wet blanket trout. Yep. Yeah, I mean, give me Acuna and Tatis and... Uh, yeah, those guys are much better for the game than Mike Trout. And Anthony Rizzo. Give me those guys. <laughs> uh, Mike Gallego is the bench coach for Anaheim. Unless you're wasting, him, you're wasting his coaching career, too. Right, he could be getting a fucking job right now. He could take over the Yankee job if they fire Boone. I'd be a real Yankee legend coming back, Mike Gallego. <laughs> Jose Molina's the catching coach. I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, if you want to give somebody a job, you can make up any kind of title you want for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how long was Reggie Jackson on the Yankee payroll? Now he's back in Oakland doing something. You have a falling out with the Yankees, you think, Reggie? Mm. I don't know. I can see. I mean, I'm sure Cashman was some of those guys the wrong way. Because I know Goose did. Goose Gossage had it falling out with the Yankees. Uh, Goose, I, I mean, as as big of a personality as Reggie is, Goose is a big personality too. He's got like his own opinions on shit. And I wonder how much of that has to do with George kind of being gone. Because I feel like Reggie was always George's boy. Yeah, it was George's guy for sure. Yeah. And then once like – and like, I mean, we don't need to go down the Howl road again. But like, you know. How just like nobody wants nobody wants to like be Hal's friend. Yeah, not maintaining the relationship, to say the least. And here's what like George, like those guys seem like you can go to a game and like ah, oh, you go up in the box and watch the game with George. Like Reggie would hang out, probably watch the game, shoot the yeah. shit. Yeah, like Hal doesn't even know what channel the Yankees play on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like nobody's friends with Hal. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not pressing palms and and uh, hobnobbing with these guys. No, he's like a weenie, Mister Burns. <laughs> he's just up in his ivory tower, but doesn't have a clue. Nowhere so near. No, no, not less charismatic, Mister Burns. It's like a Cohen without the Twitter account. Yes. Oh man. Oh my god. Yeah. Whatever the plan whatever the plan B is for Kluber Heaney needs to uh go into effect sooner rather than later. <laughs> the one guy that Kluber had success with was Otani and then Heaney gives up the bomb. Four hundred and thirty one foot bomb to him on the third pitch he saw. Or second pitch maybe. Yeah. Why do you let him beat you, man? You have Tony Gosselin coming up and PJ or TJ Walsh, whatever his fucking name is. I got so Those guys are probably going to take Kenny deep. Jared Walsh. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, straighten out the pitching. Welcome. Probably on. starts with uh, 
Oh, I, forgot, I didn't even think of that. Heaney used to pitch for the Angels. They're going to kill him. They've probably, been, they've probably been having, like, wet dreams about facing this guy. Yeah. Every time he was out there, they were like, oh, I want to get a chance to take some swings against this yeah, guy. Yeah. I could pad my stats so much <laughs> if I could just face this guy like, a few times. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is where the decision making and it just and the leadership of the Yanks just uh, finds a way to shit the bed by giving guys like this more opportunities. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, just come on. Just the goal is simple: find a way to get that wild card game at home. You're probably gonna be playing Boston too, which is not gonna be easy. So that's it. But that's say if you're gonna win championship, that's how you do it. You beat Boston. That's like the guys you got to beat. All right, and then you get oh man, get there, and then uh, right, Probably Tampa, it's like a video game, yeah. And then the big boss is Tampa, you know. The next boss is Tampa, and then the big boss is that the Astros, and then uh, then you play whoever comes out of the you know. But you got to beat those teams though, so I don't expect it to be easy. No, it'll be a good World Series DVD. Yeah, absolutely. Whoever wins it. Oh. As long as Heaney – oh, man. As long as Heaney's not featured, we'll be okay. No, I don't think – I think he's – yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll be, be at the very beginning of the DVD. He'll be, he'll be featured if uh, Red Sox win. They hammer him in the wild card game. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, this should be a fun late one tonight. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. I'll get this I'll get the show out to the, All right. to the masses. I'll talk to you. All right. Peace.